welcome back to Hi. another episode everyone thanks for hanging in with us it's been so much fun to like have more listeners and people share their comments and thoughts and mm-hmm. takeaways from the podcast so thanks for coming back yet another week yeah we took a break last week mm-hmm. because um a lot of people were saying that they could they couldn't keep up with an episode every week so yeah, get it together yeah, guys I'm honestly just <laughs> what else are you doing with your lives that's Literally more important than this podcast no but it was good we probably needed a bye week too and yeah. we're both sick right now so yeah we we're both sick our computer took a minute to get running garage oh band is slow but we're here we're ready to go right mm-hmm. Anna mm-hmm. you good yeah we're, 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 we're good <laughs> <laughs> no yeah alicia and i are um ill but we are here yes. for you guys because we're talking about something mega important today mega important and i learned a lot of things from my mission but i think one of my most favorite things in the whole world was the conviction that i gained about repentance and i like i can't help but smile like ear to ear when i talk about repentance and talk about like just the atonement of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and the power that we can gain from that. And perfectionism has a way of, um, what am I trying to say? Like it limits the, uh, the reach. Yeah. It limits the reach and it like stops us from accessing like all powers and corners of, Mm. um, Christ's sacrifice for us. Mm -hmm. And, and who and our potential, right? Like it just limits all of that. It tells us that repentance is bad and sin. Well, obviously sin is not great, but it's something we can't <laughs> avoid. So we're going to talk about all of these things in this episode today. And I'm super stoked about it. Yeah. Super excited. Cause last, so last episode we talked about, um, well, we took questions from you in the very last episode, but the one before that, I think we talked about how the adversary uses perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of on the flip side where it's like, okay, so that's how like Satan uses it. But like, how does perfectionism also try to infiltrate the repentance process and Christ's plan for us and what Christ has set up for us? Because a lot of the time, like it's like Satan doesn't even need to get involved. Like we do it to ourselves. Like we've thought up all of these incorrect ways of, of viewing and experiencing repentance that (laughs) Satan's just sitting back and he's like, yeah, you know, you, you guys are, you got this, like you're the ones who are sending yourself to the spirals. So, yeah, totally. And I think, um, we, when we say the word repentance, we automatically get like a stomach, like a feeling of Mm -hmm. bad, I don't know, guilt, shame, repentance, feeling of bad. (laughs) End quote. Alicia's (laughs) definition of nausea. (laughs) Stomach feeling of bad. I'm dying. (laughs) that's um clearly our brains are here today no it's true it's true yeah just kind of like this icky feeling of like oh here we go again Mm -hmm. like we're just gonna talk about sins and all the things we need to do wrong but that's like or all the things we have done wrong um but that's only one side of repentance it's not just there when you do something bad like we should be repenting every day right but we get this idea that okay repentance equals bad i'm bad person Mm -hmm. bad stomach feeling apparently (laughs) um but that that isn't the case because repentance isn't just there if you make like a big mistake it's there for every little slip up or not even like a mistake but just maybe Mm -hmm. a shortcoming yes or like um 
help me out here. My it's, head. Uh, no, you're good. <laughs> I'm like, you're what good. am I trying to say? Like, even like, even in moments where like you say or do something awkward, like even in moments where you just are a flawed person, right? Where you, you say something to someone and you like accidentally offend them or you're thoughtless about someone, right? You forget mm-hmm. that they're going through something hard and you don't think about them or, or even cause those still could be classified as like quote unquote sin. But even like Alicia said, just when we have shortcomings, just when we're not perfect, period, doesn't have to Which be is sin all the time, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, there was a a talk that I really love from 2017. It was uh, President Nelson, but I don't think he was the prophet at the time, was he? When did he become a prophet? I literally could not. I don't know. Anyway, don't know. so um, it's talking about accessing the name of the talk is drawing the power of Jesus Christ into our lives. And he talks about um, the atonement of Jesus Christ and how we kind of limit that in how we talk about it. And then by default, how we use it or how we choose to access it. So I'm going to read something from it really quick. He says it is doctrinally incomplete to speak of the Lord's atoning sacrifice by shortcut phrases, such as the atonement or the enabling power of the atonement or applying the atonement, or being strengthened by the atonement. So just this pattern of just using the atonement. And he says, these expressions present a real risk of misdirecting faith by treating the event as if it has a living existence and capabilities independent of our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And I love that so much because that the event and the sacrifice of Christ's life isn't what cleanses you. It's not that thing that's saving us. It's Jesus Christ and the atonement of Jesus Christ and his power and his life isn't just there for you when you mess up. It's there literally every day. It's there when you're feeling sick. (laughs) It's there when you're just feeling off or maybe you're lacking faith that day or lacking motivation. Maybe you're feeling depressed or maybe you're feeling unkind that day and you're struggling with patience or irritated. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're irritable. Maybe like whatever it might be. It's not just like, oh shoot, like I had sex outside of marriage or I did drugs or I looked at pornography or I haven't been going to church. Like it's not just those big things. It's every little thing. And the power the cleansing power doesn't come from this act that we call the atonement. It's Jesus Christ. It's the atonement of our savior, Jesus Christ. And I feel like when we switch that in our mind, we build a stronger relationship with our savior. Yeah. Cause it's not this event that's saving you. It's a person yes. who sacrificed everything for you. And not only is it not an event, but a person, but like it's also every dark emotion you have felt Christ felt it for you. Like, he doesn't just know what it feels like to be lonely. He knows what it feels like to be your lonely. He doesn't just know what it feels like to be angry at someone or, or hurt. He knows what it feels like to be your angry or your hurt. Like it's all very specific to you. And so like Alicia said, when we boil that down to just an event, that's such a, that's such a um, two dimensional concept. It's very yeah. hard to connect to an event and Christ wants us to have a relationship with him. So does heavenly father. Um, and it's a lot harder to have that relationship when you're boiling the entire purpose of us being here down to an event done by someone rather mm-hmm. than Christ himself. Yeah, totally. And I want to go off of that point of connection. President Nelson um, continues to say, let's see, there is no amorphous. How, what does that even mean? Sorry. Amorphous? Yeah. 
Hmm. Okay, so we paused it so I could look it up. Amorphous means without clearly defined shape or form. So shapeless, formless, unformed, unstructured, we don't know, abstract, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There is no amorphous entity called the atonement upon which we can call for succor, healing, forgiveness, or power. Jesus Christ is the source. Sacred terms such as the atonement and resurrection describe what the Savior did according to the Father's plan, so that we may live with hope in this life and gain eternal life in the world to come. The Savior's atoning sacrifice, the central act of all human history, is best understood and appreciated when we expressly and clearly connect it to him. And I love that so, so much. Mm -hmm. I remember when he said that, it actually like pierced my soul and I am a little ashamed to say no I'm not ashamed to say like I didn't really gain a testimony of Jesus Christ as my savior until I was like 17 like I feel like and this goes back to one of our very first episodes I feel like I first had a testimony of like Joseph Smith and Mm -hmm. like the Book of Mormon and things like that because that's something we talk about so much in the church when I feel like we need to be talking about Jesus Christ more mm-hmm. and even just how we talk about his atoning sacrifice. Anyway, so I just wanted to bring that up in repentance because repentance is such a beautiful opportunity to come closer to our Savior and to build a relationship with him. And sorry if I'm going to be talking loud in this episode because when I get passionate about things, <laughs> I talk really loud. I don't know why <laughs> it just happens. So I'm just like yelling at you. Repentance is good. <laughs> um But anyway, perfectionism tries to tell you that, like, Christ is only there if you need him. Like, Mm -hmm. he's just there on the side when you might mess up. But the reality of the situation is that Jesus Christ is the plan and the path to salvation. He's it. He's not there just in case you need him. And he's not just, like, it's not like we're driving a car to salvation and it's like, oh, my tire's flat. Maybe I need to put some air in it. Like, that's not what the power comes from. It's the literal fuel in your car that makes it go. It's the only way. Yeah, and it's also, like, the atonement of Jesus Christ isn't, like, a last resort thing, right? It's not something that you try to avoid as much as you can, right? Repentance, it's not, like, this last resort thing that you try to avoid. Um, It should be part of everything. It should be part of every single day and every single moment rather than this thing that you only turn to when you're at your 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 last straw or or yeah. you haven't you've exhausted all your other resources like yeah, that's so not like, how it should oh, be well i guess i'll go i guess i'll Christ repent i guess i'll go talk to my bishop like no like it should be something that you're excited to partake in because it's an exciting good thing mm-hmm. but we've twisted it around a lot yeah and i think sometimes we also reduce um his atoning sacrifice to just be there for sin but it's also there for strength mm-hmm. and like um you know it's there when we for when we're physically sick right and in God's plan like we're all going to be resurrected because of his sacrifice like it's not just there for spiritual death it's like physical death and pain and loneliness and all these things not just like when you screw up yeah um there was one thing I was gonna share before we move on on this topic um it's a scripture in Alma 34 verse mm -hmm, I don't know yet okay I think nine And it says, for it's expedient that atonement should be made for according to the great plan of the eternal God, there must be an atonement made or else all mankind would unavoidably perish. So it's not like, oh, there's an atonement just in case Anna and Alicia can't do it on their own. Mm -hmm. Like it's there as an option. Mm -hmm. It's like we will all 
literally perish without it we will literally die yeah so why why do we get that stomach bad feeling when we talk about (laughs) repentance because it is the most joyful joyful happy message in the whole planet and that is my 13 minute introduction (laughs) pretty much to this episode well and i think that brings up an important question which is what has conditioned us to think that repentance is bad or a negative thing that should be avoided I think part of it is um, often the repentance process is made very public, right? Mm-hmm. If someone can't take the sacrament, you have to turn down the sacrament in front of people, people, everyone sitting around you. If, if you don't get married in the temple, right. And you post your wedding photos, people can clearly tell, right. If you're like, married huh, in the temple interesting. Or not. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of elements to the repentance process that are made very public, which can very easily slide into something that's publicly humiliating or shameful right yeah and i will say really quick too one of my friends who's a bishop was i was asking them about this like about um refusing the sacrament or not letting people take the sacrament and he actually said that bishops are being like more and more discouraged to do that because it is so shaming and the point of a bishop if you need to you know go to an authority or someone to um have assistance in the repentance process they are there to like stand as the savior right and to try and be like that figure to help you come closer to him not to push you further away that's Mm -hmm. not the point and sometimes this public um not humiliation but you know yeah just how public the process can be it can be really harmful and and damaging but i've been told this has been starting to be discouraged so that's good which is really good that's good yeah that's one thing yeah and then another part of it is having to repent requires us to admit that we are flawed which disrupts this perfect facade that most of us have been taught to create um and we've talked about this tons of times on this podcast but the reason that we're so encouraged to create this like perfect facade is you know if you're if you're keeping all the commandments then you should be happy And, um, if you're not happy or you're not doing well, then they must be tied back to your worthiness or must be tied back to you not being perfect. And so when you have to repent, you then have to admit to yourself like, oh, I am flawed and I'm not perfect. And that can be really hard for a lot of people to handle or to hold in front of themselves. Like that can be really, um, traumatic, like for a lot of people to, to do that. And so that's also a reason repentance gives us that stomach feeling of bad (laughs) is because in order to repent we have to admit a lot of things to ourselves that a lot of us have probably been running from a lot and the person who encourages us to run is satan and the person who encourages us to come as we are Mm -hmm. totally and completely as we are is christ or like what direction they encourage you to run in maybe yes like who are, are you running to christ or are you running to your bedroom to be alone in darkness to cry? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, I just love the imagery of, like, running to the Savior's feet. And and so, like, joyfully, too, like, I am not perfect and that's okay. Like, we all have things that we don't like about ourselves and we can all change that through Christ. And yeah. you don't have to do it alone. Yeah, That's yeah. so cool to me. I think, like, so often we put the focus on um, being, like, condemned or or having these flaws and things being tied to our character or identity or worthiness when really the focal point of repentance is change and change is a really beautiful amazing thing Mm -hmm. and that's why repentance should be celebrated is because it lets us change it lets us progress it's not about us being this you know horribly flawed being Mm -hmm. it's it's about us 
being that because we all are horribly flawed but being able to be better yeah it's so cool um in preparation for this episode i wanted to read more and preach my gospel and that's something i loved so much on my mission was being able to study it a lot and it's not that like not being on my mission has stopped me from studying it i can still do that and i encourage everyone to do that because it teaches the gospel so simply and so beautifully and the gospel is simple it's it really is like when we have faith in jesus christ it leads us to do something and that thing is repentance that thing is change Mm -hmm. and in preach my gospel there was a quote i loved and it said repentance includes forming a fresh view of god ourselves and the world oh love that i love that that's so important because um I, I like what you just said where, where you said repentance inspires us to 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 uh, move I think you said or mm-hmm. something like that but that's so true because a huge part of repentance is movement it, it's moving in the right direction it's getting your your feet moving again right whereas um, shame wants you to isolate to dwell mm-hmm. right to to stay Spiral. in this negative yeah. mindset or place where you're tearing yourself down where where repentance wa- inspires um, positive movement and direction so totally something else i wanted to add to on the topic of like forming a fresh view of god and the world and ourselves it says as we repent our view of ourselves and the world changes and as we change we recognize that we are children of god and that we need not continue making the same mistakes over and over and over and i like that as as we repent the way we view ourselves changes for the better so godly sorrow you know, encourages you to go to Christ, to repent, to try and be better. And then it's like, it doesn't make you feel worse about yourself or it doesn't let you sit and dwell on the mistakes that you have made. It like inspires change. It inspires this new outlook and perspective on yourself and the world and your friends and God and who God is. And I I remember this one analogy. I can't remember who told it to me, but it's an analogy about water. And how moving water is always so clear. Like if you picture a river mm-hmm. or a stream or something and the water is just so clear as long as it's moving because things can't grow like gross things can't grow like moss or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, gross and bad are my words today. I love but it. Um, I love it. and then it also forces rocks to like tumble and as water moves over them, it smooths them out. Mm-hmm. But if you look at still water, maybe like a swamp or a pond or something, things can grow moss and gross floaties in the water and mm-hmm. bugs and it's just like stagnant Ugh. and we need to be that like moving flowing water that's like changing and it's clear and it's going places and it's refining and it doesn't just sit and and that's what that that made me think of that it changes how you view you how you view the world and it's just like clear and clean and always moving always i love that there's a lyric by Dallin. Vale Van Bayless. Anyway, I don't know. He sounds really cool. That's a cool He's name. Very cool. But he sings a lot of he sings like Savior Dreamer of My Soul oh, and all yeah, those yeah. songs. And one of the lyrics is How Long Can Rolling Waters Remain Impure? Mm. And that goes along with that really well. Um and I think there are a few things in this world that are uh, more empowering than a person seeing you exactly how you are and still believing that you can be good. And that's exactly what repentance is. And that's exactly how God operates with us is he sees every bit of us, even the parts that we hide, not even just from others, but from ourselves. And he sees all of that and still believes that we can be good and still knows that we're good. Um, and, and 
empowerment causes movement. Empowerment causes change. And so repentance really is not only a, a great, awesome thing, but it's critical and it's necessary mm-hmm. in everyday life. And some people, I don't know, I just had this thought, like, maybe you're one of those unicorns that's like, I don't know what I need to repent for. Like, <laughs> there might be people like that. Like, maybe because Anna and I are both perfectionists, we have a lot of perfectionist tendencies. Maybe some of you don't really struggle with self-criticism and you're not sure. Must be nice. <laughs> Must be nice. Can't relate. <laughs> but like if you can't think of something you need to repent for right now, like maybe pray about things you could change and ask God, like, how can I be better? Yeah. Or and j- yeah. get in that mindset of repentance. It's not just a big sin thing. It's an improvement thing. It's a change thing. So ask. Because even if you're not doing anything like wrong Mm -hmm. there's always good things that you could be doing that you're not doing yeah no one's ever doing every good thing they could be doing no and so there's always somewhere and some avenue that you can look to be a little bit better um and so i really like that because um as as we've said on this podcast like multiple times no one is exempt from sin or needs jesus more than anyone else that's a line from alicia that i've always loved where she you say that a lot where you're like no one needs jesus more than anyone else i think it's so true Um, and just by existing here in mortality, like we're all automatically on the same level. We all are beggars. Right. And I love that thought that repentance isn't just for serious sin. It's also for these minute adjustments to our direction. It's for this fine tuning, this reframing. Um, I had a friend, I think once tell me, um, I was freaking out about something <laughs> overthinking per usual, some dumb mistake I'd made that I had convinced had thrown off my entire life course. And, we um, love those moments. Oh yeah. And, um, they said to me, they were like, you know, Anna, like if you think about it, like when you're, when you're on your Google maps and you're driving somewhere and you take a wrong turn, like does Siri just give up on you and go, well, you're screwed. Good luck getting where you want to go. It's like, no, like Siri reroutes you. Even if you take eight wrong turns, Siri will reroute you every single time. And they said, you know, Anna, if Siri is able to reroute your Google maps, how much more able is God to reroute your life when you make a wrong decision? Because I think there is this balance between half like there is an accountability here where it's like yeah we do make wrong decisions and we're not trying to pull weight away from that we do mess up and sin and make mistakes and there are consequences for those mistakes but even when we do that it it doesn't render god incapable of redirecting us or rerouting us he can still get us to where we're supposed to go it might just take us a little bit longer or might take us down some roads maybe we would have been happier not going down but in the end he always gets us to where he wants us to be and where we want to go. And so um, that's something that's always helped me. Like when I'm overthinking about stuff like that is like, okay, if Siri can do it, God can definitely do it. Um, and I think, so there's a, there's a graphic that I used to have as my wallpaper on my phone um, that I really love. And it says, God is excited to hear from you again, forgive you again, carry you again. He's not as tired of you as you are of you. Because <laughs> I think also a lot of times it's not just like, oh, I took a wrong turn. It's like, oh, I've taken this wrong turn 12 times now. And I just keep taking this wrong turn. And um, you'd think that God would get sick of you, right? You'd think that like, I would think God would get so sick of me making the same mistake. Like he's probably out there being like, Anna, are you, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Like again, again, freaking again, rerouting you again. again. Yeah. But it's not like God is excited. Like God is excited to 
hear from me when mm-hmm. I've made that wrong turn again. Obviously, he's not excited that I made the wrong turn, but he's excited that I want to engage with him in the process of getting back to where I'm supposed to be, no matter how many times it takes mm-hmm. or how many wrong turns I've taken. Like he's he's excited to be there. Yeah. And we know that God loves effort, right? Like that's something I feel like we've heard over the pulpit a hundred million times. Like he just loves effort. So just keep moving, keep driving, even though it's a wrong turn, like he can reroute you and bring Mm -hmm. you back. And there isn't one cut path for everybody. There's just not. Mm -hmm. And how cool is it that God can be aware of where all of our routes at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's so amazing. It's like, okay, if Anna strays from this path, like she, I do not have the energy or the capacity to reroute this one again. (laughs) Like... He's like, I could see that. <laughs> he's like, no, I got you. Yeah. And today in church, um, there was a musical number that was so beautiful. And they sang, I know that my redeemer lives. I have to pull it up really quick. Um, I love musical numbers so much. I love music. That's one way that the spirit just really touches me. I don't know why. I don't know if I've told you this, Anna, but like whenever someone gets up to sing a musical number or play the piano, I get so nervous for them really does that happen to you no but i get, I, I get like secondhand nerves. i don't get or, nervous about stuff like that so maybe that's why no yeah and maybe it's because maybe it goes back to like as a child one time like i did really bad in a recital and some childhood trauma. To, i something. mean probably <laughs> but anyway so these beautiful girls go up there to sing i get a little bit nervous for them but they start singing and i'm like okay they're, they're good at singing like this is okay they're good at <laughs> anyway i know that my redeemer lives one of my favorite songs and i was just closing my eyes and listening to it and a few lines I love let's see it says he lives to bless me with his love he lives to mm, he lives my hungry soul to feed he lives to bless in time of need to grant me rich supply he lives to guide me with his eye it's all these lines that's like he lives to blank he lives to blank and it made me think of this saying that that people are it's like oh I live for that like I live for shopping I do (laughs) I live for survivor I live for chocolate and ice cream I live for the summer. Like I live to play spike ball. Yeah. Like we hear people say this and it just made me think of the savior saying that like this one line where he says he lives to hear my soul's complaint. I loved that. Mm. And I could just see him being like, no, Alicia, like come to me again. Like I live for this. I literally live to hear you like hear your troubles and your complaints. And I live to silence all of your fears I live to wipe away your tears. Like, I live for this. And I that makes that. me so happy. Like, I don't know why I can just picture him saying that. Like, he's like, bruh, honey, I live for dude, this stuff. Like, yeah. he's like, get, get over here. Get over here. It just, picture that. Like, I love that. He, he wants that so bad. And he's not as sick of you as you are sick of you. Yeah. And he lives for you. Which is crazy to think because we know ourselves pretty well. And we know all of our shortcomings and our flaws and our, all of our repeated shortcomings and flaws. And like, brought like, we get sick of ourselves. Like, I get sick of myself sometimes. I'm like, I'm so annoying. Could you stop yeah. to myself? I'm like, could we not do this again today? Oh, we are? Great. Like, and like, it's just so miraculous and also very comforting to know that God watches me do all this over and over again. And like you said, he lives to hear me come back to him every time. He lives to have me come back to him no matter how many dumb things I do or say or whatever it is. Yeah. I love that. So go read that hymn and maybe think about some lines that you need. Like he lives to calm your troubled heart, to bless you, all that. Like if Mm -hmm. you need a reminder of what he's there for, 
literally his job description is in that song <laughs> and i, I love, love i love just the joyful like how oh jo- what does it say oh, oh sweet, sweet the joy this sentence gives i know that my redeemer lives that's so oh it just makes me so happy and i think also you could say oh sweet the joy repentance gives <gasps> that's so i good. know that my redeemer lives like it's really what it is repentance is joyful so it's so joyful and if it's not super joyful to you then maybe like maybe do some more studying intentional studying about who christ is and about Mm -hmm. repentance and about faith and all those things because it wasn't always a joyful message for me until my mission probably yeah and also i think we do need to acknowledge that sometimes church leaders can make repentance not a joyful thing i've had a lot of friends who've gone to bishops and the bishops have just made them feel horrible about themselves Mm -hmm. and that's a real thing and i think we need to validate that that sometimes bishops do more harm than help in the repentance process and that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean the church's fault and that doesn't mean that like you're a bad person either the church is working with flawed people all the time and sometimes those flawed people are bishops and sometimes they they um conduct the repentance process in a way that's harmful so if that's happened to you i have no um right to do this but i apologize on behalf of your bishop same (laughs) um because that really sucks and like those really vulnerable moments where you're coming to them about something that you feel really bad about and then they make you feel worse like i've had friends who've "Mm, been there thanks for that Got a lot of friends who've been there and like that sucks a lot that's not how it should be and that's not how i don't i don't think that's how christ would handle it so just put more faith in christ and his atonement than than maybe some bishops or other yeah and if it's not a bishop too like even just things that are said at the pulpit right like oh my gosh gosh. (laughs) should i tell him what was said today okay yes 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 yes. you guys will not believe this you will not believe maybe we should do a podcast of just dumb things people say over the pulpit yeah honestly just write them down okay i'm gonna go to my text messages with you because i texted anna immediately i said best in parentheses worst comment in sacrament meeting today here it goes don't take advice from people who you would not want to switch lives with. Like if someone's divorced and giving you marriage advice, just remember that they got where they are now using their best judgment. So take it with a grain of salt. And I was dying because I'm divorced. And poor Leisha's sitting there and she's like, okay. I was like, "Mm, mm, love everything that you said. No, I just like turned to this girl that I was sitting next to. And she kind of looked at me and I was like, I hated that. And she was like, me too. Like, I'm divorced. So that like kind of hurt my feelings. I was like, I'm divorced too. And like, we know stuff through our experiences. And I just thought it was that interesting sentence of like, don't take advice from people who you don't want to switch lives with. Like, we all have rough things going on. We've all made mistakes. We've all had like experiences that refine us. And we all have so much value to like give everyone Mm -hmm. to share and sometimes you'll hear things like that that's like that did not help me come closer to jesus today made me feel really bad that made me feel like kind of isolated and like wow do i want to be here right now like so people will say things like that whether it's a friend a family member a random brother sister Mm -hmm. at church a bishop whatever but the thing is like sin and mistakes are unavoidable i've probably said dumb things too but on the topic of sin because it's so unavoidable like why do we shame it so much Mm -hmm. and we gaslight ourselves over sin when it's something you cannot 
avoid Mm -hmm. and we try and avoid it so hard but you you can't swerve like no you you can't swerve you can't swerve sin it's just gonna it's gonna hit you like it's like driving on the highway on a road trip and you know how you get so many bugs in your windshield yes that's what it is bruh what an isn't it yeah i know it's so true you just gotta get some good wiper fluid some good windshield wipers some good repentance per chance (laughs) (laughs) that's so true i love that analogy um and also being flawed doesn't disqualify you from being able to have valuable input in other people's lives or valuable insight for your own life that would suck because by the time i was like eight years old in one day i would then be (laughs) disqualified from giving advice on anyone because like that that would mean just what that guy said is so annoying to me because it's like well you know if, if someone is has made a mistake and and they're where they're at then like you can't really you yeah, can't really take know? anything they say as 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 anything positive and it's like dude are you kidding me like it's just so annoying and like god uses flawed people all the time you're like and you included god uses you god uses me and we're all very flawed mm-hmm. and so don't like i don't know just don't don't get down on yourself. Also, don't get down on other people. Realize we're all, we all have bugs on our windshield and that's just, that's just the name of the game. Down yeah. here mortality. And I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers this week about some roommate drama that she was having. And, and then I was just talking about some like family things going on and we we're just talking about how hard life is. Like life is just hard. Mm-hmm. And as disciples of Christ, we should try to like, take some weight off of people around us and not push down on it even further yes like life down yeah don't double down on anything like life is hard as it is and we need each other to like lift each other's burdens right Mm -hmm. i love that and or bear one another's burdens that's what it's like the word for word thing whatever it's hard enough and we don't need to shame each other or ourselves about sin which is just a part of life and mistakes which is a part of life and instead we can lift each other up and encourage each other and that might be through talking about your struggles more or just like smiling at somebody or saying like what can I do for you or maybe someone who you know is going through a heavy repentance process like I love you I'm here for you you're so amazing like just Mm -hmm. encouraging each other instead of like stabbing at wounds even more yes and i think a lot of the time the reason we do that is because we're like oh like it's my job to make this person feel bad because if they feel bad then they'll fix it but like what you said we're asked to bear one another's burdens not fix one another's Mm -hmm. burdens and that's not our job that's not our job like even if they let's say they did something really bad and they don't feel bad about it Kate, fine let them deal with that let them work that out with god like it's not our job to make people feel bad for what they did no because 99 percent of the time they already feel horrible about it i can guarantee it and so like it's not that's just not our place like that's not what we're here for um and so with with perfectionism and repentance a lot of the time perfectionism makes everything seem really final right all of our mistakes all of our flaws our shortcomings just really 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 final and in uh, the scriptures if you'll remember a little (laughs) little story about a guy named ammon so ammon goes into the lamanites and he gets captured by the king right and the king is like what are you doing here and ammon's like oh dude like i want to live here with your people and then all of a sudden the king's like okay why don't you just take one of my daughters for your wife literally out of nowhere and ammon's like nah bruh like i just want to like watch some sheep maybe so he sends him out in the field 
And the um, Lamanites kept coming and scattering all of the king's sheep, like all of the flocks. And uh, as I was reading the scripture like a couple of years ago, this really stood out to me because in this story, so so the, the Lamanites come and they scatter the sheep. And um, so all the servants that are with Ammon, they all start freaking out, right? Because every time the sheep get scattered, the people watching the sheep get killed by the king. And so the sheep get scattered. The servants are freaking out. And they say, now the king's going to slay us. Like our other friends were the shepherds here. The sheep got scattered and now they're dead. Like we're going to die. And they said, it said they began to weep exceedingly saying, behold, our flocks are scattered already. And... I think we say that about ourselves a lot when we mess up. We are like, the flocks are scattered. Like, it's done. Like, I am who I am now. I've done this. I've made this mistake. And in the next verse, I love because Ammon, it says, now when Ammon saw this, his heart was swollen with joy, which seems a little sadistic. <laughs> but but he then says, I will show forth my power into these fellow servants. And I think that's exactly how Christ views these moments where our flocks have been scattered. We feel so horrible about ourselves. We feel like everything is final and that's just how it is. And Christ gets like excited about it. He's like, Oh man, like they have no idea what's about to come. Like I'm about to change things for them. Like I'm about to pull them out of this and like help them. And, um, it, and it gives him an opportunity to show us like how much power he can have in our lives. And he's stoked about it. Mm -hmm. He's so excited. And so I just, that's another way where I think Satan kind of just sits back and lets us just, craft together our own demise when when we mess up and do something wrong we really lean into that self-punishment and and beating ourselves up and we just convince ourselves that that's just how it's going to be forever now and christ like comes in and he's like nah like i got you, you yeah know? and i'm sure i don't know i'm sure many of you have heard of david butler and emily freeman mm -hmm. they do don't fall or what is it um, don't miss this don't miss this i was just gonna say come follow me and don't miss this together so don't follow me that's what i was saying <laughs> Satan. Satan. <laughs> they have Satan. this awesome podcast about following Satan. <laughs> don't follow me. No. Um, That's hilarious. Don't miss this. It's like a come follow me study. But David Butler and Sister Freeman, Emily Freeman, they were seminary teachers in high school when I went to high school at Lehigh. And now he's at like UVU or something. So I was able to have him in high school and in college, which is awesome. But I love how he talks about Christ and one thing that he says a lot that I love is letting Christ be the hero of the story. Like he mm. is the hero, mm. not you. And sometimes we want to be the hero of our own story. Mm -hmm. And we want to like gather all the sheep back up and or throw in the towel, be like, oh, like I messed up. But Christ is there to be the hero of our story. But we like want to save ourselves and he just wants to save us. And we struggle to let him be the Ooh. hero and yeah, save the day. So true. That's it's totally like, no, so I true. need to do this. Me. It's like, yeah. no, he needs to do this. He already, he can do this. And you can't really. And you you cannot. literally can't. Yeah. So, so good luck. Nice yeah. try. Yeah. Um, There were a couple other songs I wanted to mention. And one of them is by a band called Unspoken. They just do um, like Christian music. And there's a song called Mistakes. And I love the first verse. It says, I make them, I try to hide them. Sometimes it feels like I'm defined by them. All of the evidence stacked against me. All of the fingers are pointed at me. I can't deny it. Here comes the chorus. All of my mistakes woven through my story. All the mess I make, God use it for your glory. 
Every wrong turn, it's true, Siri, led me right here to you, (laughs) redirection. (laughs) I may lose my way. Nothing's greater than your grace, not even my mistakes. And I love that line so much. The first time I heard it, I nearly broke into tears. Nothing's greater than your grace, not even my mistakes. There's no mistake that's greater than God's power. Nothing. And that's so cool. I think we give our mistakes, our shortcomings, our sins more power than they deserve. Yeah. And we kind of give God like the short hand of the stick and he has all the power. Yeah, like, way nothing more power. is greater than God, even our worst mistakes. Mm-hmm. We do him a really severe injustice by assuming that we have that kind of power when it's like, nah, dude, like that's nah. God. Nah. And the other verse says, I hunger to be holy, but I still wrestle with the old me. I think we can all relate to that. Mm-hmm. We wrestle with like our old selves. Anyway, I'm not going to read the whole song to you. Go listen to it. I just love that line that says nothing's greater than your grace, not even my mistakes. There was one other song that's called um, Start Over, and it's by Flame. Don't even know who they are, but Sick. NF is in it. And I it's love this, like, NF. <laughs> kind of this like rap song about starting over, and um, it just gives me super pumped and my heart rate going, and I'm just like so excited to repent and teach the whole world about Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I'm trying to find the specific line... Okay, I can't find this specific line. You'll have to go listen to it as well. So Start Over by Flame. And it talks about how everyone can have a blank slate like every day because of Christ. Like because everything he did, he carried the cross on his shoulders. He sacrificed his life and he loves us more than anything. He lives for us. And because of him, we can all start over every day. Mm -hmm. And it like is so inspiring and talks about like, just breaking free of these chains of shame and struggle and sin. And we can all do that because of Christ. So if you want like a pump up gospel song, I could work out to the song. Oh, heck yeah. I will. (laughs) I love it. Start over. Love it. Um, I had a friend reach out a couple weeks ago when we made the, the Q and a for our podcast. And he apparently has been looking into this, this topic a lot. His name is Jeremy Carter. Um, so feel free to go look him up and be his best friend. He's amazing. Um, and he sent me all these quotes about perfectionism that he's looked up from the church and we'll be using a lot of them in a lot of episodes because they're all like amazing. So he didn't put who this is by, but I'm sure it's by someone very reputable. It says, he's not waiting for us to be perfect. Perfect people don't need a savior. He came to save his people in their imperfections. He's the Lord of the living and the living make mistakes. He's not embarrassed by us, angry at us or shocked. He wants us in our brokenness, in our unhappiness, in our guilt, and our grief. And then he followed it up. I think Jeremy, this was his quote, so <laughs> quote him on Twitter. He says, imperfection is what makes perfection meaningful. I think it's important to add in there eventual perfection, right? So imperfection makes eventual perfection meaningful because we're not going to get there in this life. Um, but yeah, I just, I refuse to believe that a God who is fully capable of sending us down here to live perfect lives didn't just choose not to do so, but then would turn around and get mad at us when we live imperfectly, like he knew we were going to. Like what you were saying earlier, like why do we gaslight ourselves about repentance? God doesn't gaslight us either. Like he knew, he knew this is how it was going to be. He knew we were going to be broken. He knew we were going to mess up. And um, and that's why he sacrificed his son like it's all part of the plan it's not a surprise exactly exactly yeah so and so I think I hope that we can all reframe how we talk about repentance and sin and make it more 
of a joyful, exciting message. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at church on Sunday, like that's why we're all there. We're all there because we're all flawed. We're all broken. We all need Christ. And what a beautiful message that is. Like, that's so awesome. Yeah. We're all broken people just coming together, trying to be better and trying to support one another. And it's not a shameful thing at all. Yeah. So oh, seriously, time for our takeaways. I, I, I just have to let you do it every time. It's so good. <laughs> Will you do I it just one more time? Just for the sake. Takeaways. I missed that on the bye week. I it. know. Oh, I rehearsed it so many times. <laughs> missed it. Takeaway number one. If we haven't said it enough, repentance is joyful. Joyful, son. It's the good news. Yeah. That's what they should be putting on like CNN and Fox News. Yes. Repentance. They're like breaking news. You, you can, can all be amazing and <laughs> yes. better and change because of Jesus Christ. Yes. I love it. Number two. Godly sorrow inspires us to come to Christ, whereas shame and self-criticism encourages us to hide from him. Not good. Not good. Number three. Nothing is greater than God, including our mistakes, even our repeated ones that we do all the time. Especially those. Especially. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, Christ lives for you. Christ lives for you. That's why he's here. That's why we're all here. He's freaking stoked about you. He's obsessed with you. He's literally obsessed with you. Christ is literally obsessed with you. <laughs> like more he's than so anyone cute. in your whole life will be. Like I he know. loves every part of you. Even all of the awkward parts of yourself that you hate. Even the ugly parts of yourself that you don't want anyone to see. He loves that about you. And he's mm -hmm. excited for you to continually become more like him because he knows how happy you can be. Oh, I love him. He's the best. He is the best. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Be sure to uh, follow us. So we have an Instagram where we post a lot of quotes from our episodes and you can get more content mm -hmm. from us. Um, so it's just at Popping Perfectionism. Leave a review on the podcast if yeah. you feel so inclined. Rate some stars. Rate some stars. Yeah. Give us some stars. <laughs> unless you After this, they're like, no. They're Just like, kidding. I was going to until you said that like an idiot. <laughs> Give us a, a rating and we'd love it. Thank you so much. Share it with your friends. Yeah. My right. name is Alicia. My name is Anna. And this is Popping, Popping Perfectionism. Perfectionism.